0: For the past week or so, we've heard a lot about the hacker attacks on the computer systems at MGM and Caesars. They're the biggest casino groups on the Strip. Videos are showing massive disruptions at MGM properties, and I got to tell you, those are both shocking and disheartening in a city that relies so heavily on the tourist experience. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, Scott Robin, aka Vital Vegas, helps us dig into what happened, the implications of paying ransom or not paying ransom, and why transparency is not the standard when it comes to this new brand of chaos hitting the strip. It's Wednesday, September 20th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Scott Rovin, a.k.a. Vital Vegas. Welcome back to CityCast Las Vegas. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, it's great to talk with you, man. You always have such interesting insights on things happening around the Strip. And one of many big stories is the MGM cyber hack. So let's get right to it. How did MGM find itself in this cyber nightmare? (laughs)
1: That is a great description, because that is exactly what's happening. And we know that because it's in contrast to another cyber attack at Caesars, which was handled very differently and was kind of a non-issue. I'm sure uh, the folks that listen to your show know this, but MGM Resorts owns uh, a number of casinos here in Las Vegas, probably half on the Strip. But obviously, it's a national company, and this affected their entire company. Uh, So it has turned out that this has been a a ransomware situation. It was social engineering that got them into the system, and the hackers have been wreaking havoc to their system for more than a week. Uh, The Caesars uh, situation involved a ransom, I would say, allegedly, but I've actually confirmed that that's what happened. They paid uh, the hackers to destroy the data that was stolen from Caesars Entertainment. So that was resolved. And there's been almost no business disruption to Caesars Entertainment. So they're looking like geniuses. MGM Resorts has not even reached out to the hackers, even though they've cleared the path to resolve it. So they're taking the high ground. And that's that's where we are today, a major disruption of all their systems, anything you can think of that could be connected to a computer has either been shut down uh, by the hackers or has been voluntarily shut down as a precautionary measure, which has led to a huge, huge uh, disruption of their business.
0: Oh, I can imagine. And I want to talk about all of it, including the the Caesars attack that happened before. So I just want to get straight on on the timeline. So we're talking about Sunday, September 10th is when MGM finds out that uh, hacking is afoot. And I wonder what happened, like, in succession next. Like, when did the public first find out about it?
1: Uh, they first found out about it from me, of course. There you go. My, my breaking news guest. And to be clear, I didn't, I didn't know the scope, sure. uh, but I was getting reports from MGM Resorts. I have folks everywhere in Vegas and beyond, and they, they said... Uh, machines are down, you know, they were going through kind of the visible signals that something was happening. And I, and I did share uh, that Sunday night. It was, that was before any of it was reported that, that it seemed to be kind of this s- scenario seemed very familiar because we have seen this before in Las Vegas. And then the next day, it kind of broke more widely. And it was very obvious to everybody that something was happening because we're talking about the Tito vouchers in slot machines weren't working. And to this day, they're not back 100% over a week. Yeah. A major casino company not having the ability for players to gamble and take their money out of the machine, they're still getting hand pays. That's the late breaking news is that some of those machines are coming back. So MGM Resorts is is basically rebuilding its system. Uh, there was a suspicion they might pay the ransom and get this resolved, but they haven't. They're doing it the old school way, which is painful and very very expensive but that's right. what's happening today.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm hearing estimates of over a million dollars a day uh at a minimum of of what MGM is is losing just here in in Las Vegas as they're trying to Oh,
1: a million would be for one casino. Yeah. yeah we're yeah. we're we're talking about there's potentially 15 to 20 million dollars a day. 15 million was what Caesar's entertainment paid. To the hackers they talk them down from a 30 million dollar demand so yeah. we're talking about a loss every day I mean as we're recording this we're recording this
0: on Monday September 18th uh, it looks like there's some normalcy but that the the hack impact is continuing for MGM. The reports were coming out slow but steady. And then, of course, everyone's got a camera. Everyone's got a video. You're seeing it from, you know, every social media platform where the lines are getting longer. The machines are being shut down. You mentioned Tito for listeners who aren't uh, gambling enthusiasts like uh, you and I. um, (laughs) Tito. Stands for ticket in, ticket out, and and that's the convenient measure of the way that people do gamble these days, right? They they'll stick their money in, and then at the end of whatever their session is, they'll push a button, they get a ticket, they take the ticket, they cash it in, they get their cash back. Uh, all normal, all efficient, and just the opposite happening over at MGM. So I I haven't you know it seems like MGM is being pretty cagey, uh, at, at least in the beginning about letting people know what was happening. So what was the official line they were telling people? And why weren't they more transparent from the beginning, you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's painful to watch because even now they have not done an update in several days uh, other than to say we're working diligently to resolve this issue. And a lot of people feel duped because when you come to a hotel and you haven't been told that you're going to be waiting in line four hours, you feel like Maybe they could have done a little better job in communicating what was happening in in a little more real time than kind of putting out a, a statement, you know, two days in, they put out a statement saying, we are here giving you the experience that customers have come to know and love at MGM Resorts. It is the Largest pile of steaming BS I think I've seen in a, in a statement in years because that was two days into what is now an eight-day shutdown of critical systems. They have to use personal email. They're using Gmail accounts at the highest level of the company. Oh, no. They can't use phones. They've got elevators with walkie-talkies taped to the wall saying, if you have an emergency in this elevator, use this walkie-talkie because the phone system's out. And they, they two days in, said, everything is peachy. Keep coming. And so people, as the word got out, now the casinos are empty. Because when we're talking about these Tito tickets, it means that if you're playing on a machine and if you have five cents coming back to you, a slot attendant has to come give you a hand pay for five cents. Yeah. We're talking about not efficient, thousands of machines not efficient. on every casino floor. Yeah. And so the good news is that as these systems slowly start to come back online, like the res, you know, the check in system, is that those four and six hour lines have now shrunk and gone away. So as each problem is solved, uh, that one seems to have been solved first because. Anything customer facing is gets all their energy. Yeah. And obviously the machines are a big one too. But we're we're talking about potentially weeks or months of rebuilding these systems. And these loyalty club databases are the biggest asset of the casino. MGM Resorts doesn't own the property, but it owns the database. So that's their biggest asset. So they really have to protect those databases and they have to make sure that it's not being sold on the dark web, that uh, other things are happening to their data. At this point, they don't know. They've said they don't even know the nature and scope of the attack which is shocking.
0: Yeah. And that's really what I want to follow up with is because here we are in week two of the cyber attack. Uh, you mentioned, you know, they're trying to contain stuff. Uh, I'm wondering what are, in your mind, the biggest lingering issues that hackers are causing for MGM uh, and their guests, maybe not just the physical, but the philosophical or ethereal. <laughs> like, what's the impact that's lingering because of this hack, Scott?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it, it raises so many interesting issues. Uh, because there's always been this idea of we don't negotiate with terrorists, and if if we put this in the terrorism category, you know it's very complicated. Because if you pay the hackers like Caesars did, the theory is that it will encourage them or others to do it again, right? So MGM has said, well, we're not we're not playing that game. This is an illegal activity, whether it originates in the U.S. or somewhere else, and we're not gonna we're not gonna do it. Well. This fallout means that you've chosen a path where your brand could be affected Mm. because people have stopped coming. And the question is, do do they trust the brand after this has been resolved, presumably? And how do you know it's resolved? Because hackers are really sophisticated. If they're in there mucking around, they could potentially leave Trojan horses. They could leave, you know, other kind of nefarious uh, software. They could encrypt things that the company needs. You know, a high-level Caesars executive said that the theft of their data was terrible, but what the hackers could have done is so much worse Mm. because hackers can go in. Once they're in your system, they can encrypt your entire system so you can't get into your own system. That's the true nightmare scenario. Right. And that is
0: that's the lifeblood of these casinos. And Scott, uh, it was widely reported um, that MGM also got hacked in a similar fashion where data was at risk back in 2019. Did MGM not learn anything from that or are lessons being applied now in
1: holding out in containment? I think they absolutely learned a lesson, but the real lesson is that it doesn't matter what your security system is, because humans are always going to be the weak link. This this hack was done through uh, social engineering. They are contacting individuals. Mm-hmm. This same scenario unfolded when casinos were ripped off by these folks impersonating executives and owners of the casinos. Multiple casinos were hit. And they're so sophisticated, they call, they impersonate an individual. In the case of MGM, they got somebody to change a password.
0: Yeah, that's and just wild. And in the case of
1: some of these casinos, they got people to walk money out the door. So human beings are the problem and you're never gonna get human beings out of the equation. There's just no way that's ever gonna happen. So you can learn as many lessons as you want, you can invest as much as you want in these systems, but they're still vulnerable.
0: Yeah, I mean, run people through scenarios, spend that time developing your employees to be vigilant, but also paying them for you know (laughs) creating that firewall, literally human firewall to these type of attacks. I I wonder, We've been hearing that there is a group claiming responsibility, a hacker group. Uh, Have they made specific demands that you've heard of? And what do you know about the group claiming they're responsible for the attack?
1: Yeah, it's, it's quite complicated because there's kind of like an umbrella organization. Then there are kind of like, you know, there's groups that work with them. The groups that have been claiming responsibility are based in Russia. And one of the more shocking twists in this whole story is that the hackers put out a statement. It's like they have a PR department. Wild. And they, yeah. you know, they didn't want misinformation out there about their group or what they were doing. So they wanted to clarify.
0: Don't defame us. We're the hackers and we have a mission statement. Don't don't misrepresent us. That's wild to me in 2023.
1: Correct. And they think they're heroes because they're yeah. talking about all these, you know, do you think this company cares about your the security of your data? Like they're they're preaching, uh, and they're they're criminals. I don't know if I if you've talked about this at all, but there's this big change at the SEC now, and they require these companies to report these incidents, which has never been the case. Yeah. So there have been dozens of these ransomware cases in Las Vegas. We've seen it. You know, these companies never want to confirm it. But now they have to. And just to be clear, the SEC, you know,
0: because it's a public traded company, they want to make sure that investors have all the information that they're supposed to have. So, I mean, you know, it's in service of capitalism. Uh, I guess that's fine. Uh, But yeah, this new requirement is definitely shedding a lot of light. Scott, have you heard specifically what the demands that these hackers have made on MGM?
1: They have not set an amount. Ah, uh, thirty million seems to be the sweet spot for the demands. But in this case, the d- hackers have made it really clear that MGM Resorts has not communicated with them
0: So Scott, we've seen the alleged hackers' comments on this. We've gotten some statements out of MGM via their PR uh, department, also their SEC filing. Uh, what about the responses from the government officials and law enforcement? What what are their roles in this, and how can they help?
1: Well, they're utterly useless. Uh, is Oof. the way okay. I've heard it. But how described. do you really
0: feel?
1: <laughs> yeah, the and that's not my opinion. Uh, that's the opinion of people who have been involved with these specific hacks. Because we expect that once the federal authorities are involved, these are the the elite of the elite of cyber crime, and they're going to have a solution, right? They're going to ninja this thing, and they're going to come in, and they're going to have precision, and they're going to have countermeasures. They can't do anything. They can't, once the system has been breached, this is a, they call them bad actors, right? The bad actor is in Russia. We can't, enforce anything. We can't put up some magical wall that keeps them from coming into into the systems if they find these areas of vulnerability through human beings. So all the biggest agencies, local, completely useless, federal, completely useless. They, I mean, they have advice, but the other thing that I was told is the advice from each of these entities is different Hmm. because they tell you Don't negotiate with terrorists. But on the other hand, they go, well, but do you want to have your business inoperable for a week or two weeks or longer? So you're getting mixed messages. And the executive I spoke to said they're not even 100% wrong, because if you're 100% wrong, you could still make decisions based on that. He said the, the information is spotty and inconsistent and useless. And so these casino executives, this is not their realm of expertise. So they're they're talking to their IT departments, they're talking to consultants and experts in the industry at a very high price tag, by the way. Because sure. once you're in the throes of this, getting the people who are at the highest level of cybersecurity are they can name their price just like the hackers can there could not be a more stark contrast between strategies than Caesars and MGM Resorts, the two biggest gaming companies in the world. And yes, it was embarrassing for Caesars. Yes, they had a data breach. Yes, they have to go through this rigmarole about alerting every customer in their database, millions of people, giving them free credit monitoring probably. And so there's that strategy, but no disruption. To their business it's millions of dollars saved and mgm kind of just trying to do it what some would say is the right way but they're getting so much blowback and it's it's so much more expensive than people realize
0: so i mean you've literally said that caesar's palace is coming off as geniuses and mgm uh by by contrast i guess are are being foolish in your mind so are you saying that we should give in to the terrorists i mean is
1: that your take here scott um, I think I have the luxury of being an armchair quarterback, and I don't think that you should encourage this bad behavior, this illegal behavior. But I ha- also don't have a multi-billion dollar casino company that has been brought to its knees by these criminals. Yeah. So philosophically, I'm against it. But if you look at the re- resolution of these two situations, I think you negotiate down you pay, and then you spend all your money on the next iteration of your security system. Yeah.
0: And I'm looking at this, and we're talking about MGM, we're talking it's about Caesars Palace. Uh, between those two companies, they have, what, like 60% of the properties on the Strip. Uh, and I'm wondering, is there an argument, to go back to the old you know, antitrust days or whatever, that we need more diversity and owner-operators on the Strip? I mean, how vulnerable is our city when most of those properties are in the hands of those two companies.
1: Yeah, you you make a great point because the other thing that's been affected by this shutdown is tax revenue. Because when people stop booking rooms, when they stop gambling in the casino, you you have these other impacts. A f- typical tourist doesn't know who owns what. They they walk into a Bellagio and they can't tell the difference between that and Caesar's. They don't know who owns what. They don't care. But on the business side, monopolies tend to lower quality, lower service. There's, it's more, it they they start to have more of a civil service kind of vibe to them yeah. uh, with these bigger companies. And but I I don't know that we should start mucking with. You know, telling, although we do, because antitrust means you can't own too much. I mean, that shut down
0: Howard Hughes in the day when he tried to expand, I think, to like the Stardust, are like, oh, that's way too many. And now you look at today, (laughs) you know, two two attacks hit 60 percent of the strip. That's uh, that's definitely something to think about with regard to vulnerability. And I guess it all leads to the big final question, Scott. How bad is this whole affair for Las Vegas?
1: I think it's quite bad because the casino industry overall is based on trust. And the reason that's true is because when you put your money in a machine, you need, you have to trust that you're getting a fair deal. You're getting a fair chance to win. And the other big push in casinos, because it's so profitable, is to get people to sign up with their loyalty clubs, right. right? Well, loyalty clubs are what's under attack. Even Caesars, paying the hackers, have acknowledged that they got a ton of information its names its addresses sometimes its social security numbers like Scary. the list goes on and on but yeah it's a i think it's a it's a black eye and i think people are noticing because even just in a week people are have decided i'm not going to gamble there of course i've said this before like this will change vegas forever and then a week later people are back doing the same thing because people have short memories the reality is they're having fun Everybody, you know, it's strange because people almost take these hacks as just a matter of course. Like Ooh. when I first started sharing this stuff, nobody was surprised. They were just annoyed. Like, oh, I have to wait. I have to wait to check in. That's annoying. But it wasn't a surprise that that a major company, these, these companies have the best cybersecurity of any casino companies. So these other casinos, these individually owned casinos had better they better be proactive because the hackers have nothing better to do with their day. It takes, it took them 10 minutes to get into the system. So you, if you don't think they're going to be working their way around town, you, you got another thing coming. That's the thing about
0: the strip, right? You, you want to hit it all. So, uh, whether a tourist <laughs> or a hacker, Scott Rogan, AKA Vital Vegas. Thanks again for joining us on CityCast Las Vegas.
1: Anytime. Great to catch up.
0: That's all for today here on Citicast Las Vegas. If you know someone planning a Vegas trip soon or any cybersecurity expert, share this episode with them. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Take care.
1: Don't cut this out. This is gold.
0: No, this is all good. We're just uh, deciding where we're going next. I have one of two choices.
1: No, I mean the the awkward silence. Leave it in. <laughs>
0: Never. Just totally leave it in.
1: Never.